Hey guys, you are listening to the Rima Chapel Podcast, which brings the message of Jesus Christ to the lost all across the globe. Today's speaker is our own pastor, Reverend Samuel Dunkelquartic, pastor of Rima Chapel, Belfort, Germany. Hope you enjoy the message. We were on sons and daughters. Oh, sorry, sons and fathers. Am I right about that? Okay, so today I want us to talk about the characteristics of sons. I believe that that was where uh, we touched on when we went off. So I will read John chapter 8, the verse number 34 through 36. Walk out of this place free. Walk out of this place knowing that God is in your case. Walk out of this place without worry, without stress, without confusion, without what I call a very dark sight into your tomorrow. Because if God is in control, your tomorrow will be better than your today. John chapter 8 verse 34. Are you there with me? And Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you. Notice this. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Now, who is the I? It is Jesus. You and I know that anybody can talk and anybody can say things. It's not everybody's statement you take serious. Why? Because uh, though everybody is basically human, all of them are not at the same level. Some are spiritually heavier than others. So, if a man is talking, you try to weigh them. Because who the man is will determine how weightier those words are. So, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. And I want you to notice something. Verse 35. And the servant abided not in the house forever, but the son abided forever. Verse 36. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be what? Free indeed. So, what we learn about this is that the person speaking it is the one without whom was not anything made that was made. Meaning that if he had not been around, although the father is mighty and powerful, he would not have been pleased to create any of the things that we see. So he had to be around because his participation gave the father pleasure and, and motivated him to be creative. So the Bible said, when God said, let there be, his word went out and created what was not in existence. And that word now became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten son of God, full of what? Grace and truth. Grace is the reason why you will not fail. Grace is the reason why your enemies will not have you for lunch. 
grace is why, although the one, what I call, the angel of untimely death may come after you, but grace is the reason why he will come and go back empty handed. He will not succeed. So grace and truth came with Jesus Christ. So now, this thing Jesus is saying is the truth. Are you okay with me? Therefore, if he says that the servant abided not in the house forever, but the sons abides forever, then one thing I want you to notice is simply this. When somebody is a son, his place in the house is guaranteed. He may go out and be in Japan for seven years. He's still a son. Nothing changes. He may come back and the moment he shows up in the house, everybody knows this is the son. His place is not... Uh, 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 nobody contends over his place as a son. But if a person is a servant and he leaves, he cannot come back without the permission of the person himself. Are you okay about that? If you ever work in a place and uh, you give your resignation and leave, you can't just come back to the place like that because there's no place for you. But a son always has a place in his father's house. So the truth of the matter is sons do not leave. Sons abide. And I want you to understand that when you are raising your children, you raise them to be sons. Because when you raise your children to be sons, it doesn't matter how far they are and who they are married to. They are still connected to you. Anytime they meet you, the relationship of a father and a son is not in question at all. The same way with a house like this. Anytime you build a house, or you shouldn't be building a house if you are not thinking about sons. In the world we are living here in the 21st century, if a person doesn't have any child and doesn't bother to think about adopting any other person, it's not smart for him to sweat and then use the money to build a house. Or if he chose to build a house, then when he goes on rented, he can decide to sell the house. And say, so this house you can only have it after 20 years. For that reason, I'm selling it to you. The value of the house is, let's say, 20,000 euros. But you're having it for 15,000. Because in 20 years, you can take over. So, if it doesn't die in 20 years, meaning that if you retire at 67 years, and so, at 87, he has not died. He still will move out and go to some Altenheim. And the good money he has made from selling that house will sustain him well. You know why? Because there's no point in leaving the house if there's nobody to inherit it. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? 
So, if you are somebody who understands the society that is operating here, you know that many people are operating that way. There are people who deliberately don't build houses for that reason. There are people who know how to drive, but they won't buy cars because it takes too much money. When they need a car, their license is always there. They go and rent a car and they use it. Then they come back. Why? Because they know that if you should acquire some of these things, who will be the one who will inherit them? Nobody. And so I came here to say that, look, may God give this house sons who will be the ones who will take over in anything that we do. Because we have no hope except we have got sons. Last week I was telling you that sons are the ones who defend a house. And I told you that when the enemy is coming, it is the sons who speak to the enemy in the gate according to the scripture. And the reason is because most of the time the sons are in the crowd. They are on the ground. They understand what is going on on the ground. And so they don't wait for the issue to rise to their father. They deal with it at that level. May God give us sons and daughters who will deal with issues at the level at which they will do it. Then, uh, I think I said you commit inheritance to the sons, not to servants. Meaning that those who are sons, those are the ones you will see having permanent blessings. They will move from grace to grace to grace. In church, if you are a pastor, you always know there are two kinds of people in church. There are those who come to come and use you, use the anointing that is upon your life, get whatever they, they, they need, and move away. It's okay for people to want to use something because, you see, if anything is useless, what do you do? You throw it away. So it's not a border when people come to use you. What is a border is anything that you use and it profits you, it's wrong to go out and begin to talk bad about it. Are you okay with me? So there are two kinds of people. There are people who are sons. Then there are people who are servants. The servants come to use. Where I work, oh, I'm just there because of what I get. If they are not paying me anymore, I leave. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, I get to another company. But if somebody is a son, even when pay is not coming, he may still want to hold the fault so that he can change the situation. Mm-mm, not me. So two kinds of people. When you have sons, they are ready to fight with you when things are tough. When things are not going the way they should, they stand with you. They don't abandon ship. They don't run away from. May God give a sons in this house. May God give men and women who know that this is my house, that my, my, my destiny is somehow tied up with this house, and so this is the place I'm supposed to serve God, and I will do everything in my power to make the place look good, smell good, and feel good. Servants serve for wages. Sons serve for free because it's theirs or it's their own property. What do I mean? There are some people, if you ask them to do things, and every week when you take a microphone, you are not praising them. They will stop doing it. It's the truth I'm telling you. 
There are people who get offended because you are not, you are not uh, appreciating them regularly and constantly. And when you find somebody who is like that, who is always complaining, where, 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 we are serving God, and they don't see, they never do. Now, this person doesn't have a son's heart. It's a servant's heart. So you know that this one is a servant. So when you, when you hear servants talking, don't just worry yourself. Just understand where he's coming from. If they are not paying pastor somewhere, from where I'm working, why do you think I should keep my mouth shut? Because I'm not related to anybody there. I'm not connected there. I went there so that I can have their money <laughs> to be able to pay my bills and do my own thing. So if the pay is not coming, let me now leave the place and find another place. You stay in a place where they are not paying you, well, that's what. Your bills will come. And you won't know how to deal with it. And honestly, when they give Abai losing care, they give to a person who is actually not working. Not to a person who is still working and is not being paid. It doesn't work that way in this country. So, so, so friends, you can differentiate between a son and a servant in the sense that Anytime a servant is talking, he says, what is in this for me? What am I going to get out of it? If I'm not going to get anything out of it, then leave me alone. I don't want to be involved. But you know, you don't build a spiritual house with servants. You build with sons. I pray that you will understand that when you have to lay a foundation for something, it takes sacrifice. This house is going to take some sons who are willing to go on their knees to fast and to pray. Some sons who are willing to go the extra mile, they take the phone and call somebody. They, 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 they fuel their own vehicle and they go to the hospital to go and visit a brother or a sister who is in hospital. Sons and daughters who, when they see that some demons are worrying somebody, all they do is, Papa, you know what? I believe that this is uh, this is the issue with this person. Okay, I look at it, I say, okay, then go ahead and deal with it. They go ahead and they deal with it. When you raise sons, you raise men and women who can do exactly what you do. I'm trusting God for sons. I'm trusting God for men and women we can empower. So that when it's time to cast out some demons, I don't play the superman. I just send them and they get the job done. When we need to go to certain places and break the crowns so that we can be able to establish another church in that place, we can send a son. He can go with our support. We go as backup, but we keep him there. And guess what? In the matter of time, because a son is somebody who is always connected to his father, the fathers are not too close to their son. Some people do not understand that it is very, very important that the anointing that you want to enjoy, that anointing must be flowing from the Father. When you read the Bible, you see a lot of strange things in the Bible. But they are not strange if you understand the spiritual reasons why they are there. Elisha was not a confused man. He knew who his real papa was. And, and if I should take what I call the, 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 the what do you call it, uh, the preacher's uh, uh, liberty, I will tell you that 
Elisha came from a more well, well, uh, wealthy, wealthy. They had more coolant, they had more money from where they come from than Elijah. How do I know that? When he was called, the Bible says he was plowing, plowing with a yoke of oxen. And he was with a twelfth yoke. Meaning that there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven other yokes plowing. That field must be very big to deploy such a distance. It's like you have twelve tractors. All working on the field. And you are with the twelve. That's what you do. So, so, so the man did not go into ministry because he wanted money. There are people who go into ministry today because it's money. There are people who start churches today because they think that church is, is, is business. They want to make money. Your money perish with you. But this man, when it came the time for Elijah to leave, what did he say? My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Did you have a problem with this? Is he making a mistake thinking that this man is his father when actually he wasn't because he was a matured man when he was called. He wasn't the baby. I don't think he was making a mistake. I think he understood that the only way the anointing can pass on to him is that if he aligns up as a son, then he gets it without sweat. But if he comes as a servant, then he has to pay the full price for it. So you see, sometimes when, when, when somebody is in the house and he's a son, his heart is right, you can give him your pulpit and say, preach. That's what. You preach just like you. The anointing will flow. If you move in signs and wonders, you will move in signs and wonders. If you move in miracles, you will move in miracles. If you move in the word of knowledge, the word of, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, 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 the word of wisdom, he will also move in these things. And the trouble with some of these, the people who don't understand these things is, the moment they see that, they say, hey, you to a big man, you know what, I have money. Why don't you allow me to go and hire hall for you so that we we'll build a church around you? They don't understand. Anytime somebody acts that way, you see that this person was not a son. He infiltrated into the father's house and is trying to set the sons against their father. When you go out and you are living without the blessing of your father, you will go. But trust me, that anointing you have seen when you were in the house, you won't see it again. And you will be surprised. It's very, very simple. Anointing flows from a source. When you say anointing, what do you mean? Anointing is the presence of God. Sometimes the Bible calls anointing, it calls it the hand of the Lord is upon me. Sometimes the Bible calls anointing, the glory of God came into the house. It's still the presence. And you see, you are talking of that. You are talking of an intelligence. You are not just talking of a thing. Anointing is something which when it's upon a person, it's like God himself is upon the person. So you see, you can talk some things about me that I don't know, I don't hear, but the anointing will hear. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? So you see, a person that is a son, he will so, 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 so easily understand that I don't follow sons. I don't follow other sons. I follow a father. Where there is any cause for dissension between the father and the son, don't listen to the voice of another son. And you come against the father and you move on. You will move on, but you will not succeed. You will move on, but things will not work well. You know why? Because there are principles and they don't change. They are as they are. When you understand things in the realms of the spirit and you apply them properly, then you move on with your life. Okay, good. Servants serve for wages, sons serve for free. Why? Because the thing belongs to them. Sons are owners and servants are not. Meaning that when you are a son, you take ownership of what is yours. This church should not be Pastor Samuel's church. This, this church should be our church. This church should not be uh, uh, what? The Ghana People Church. The Ghana Church. And then you hear some people say, that is a Nigerian church. That is a... Where do you read of that one in the Bible? The church is just a church. Just because I am a Ghanaian does not make this church a Ghana church. Some of you who are here, you know. You know that I deliberately don't sing some of the songs that, that you know. Um, I'll try to tell you something. You know, the fact that you like a bar and bitter leaf soup with some gushy in it doesn't mean that that is the most nutritious food. But that is the food that they brought you up on. So that particular food has become soul food to you. You can eat many other nutritious things, but somewhere along the line, if a bar doesn't come into the equation, your soul is not satisfied. So in this particular sense, the Eba has got a special attachment to you which he doesn't have for other people. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's the same thing when you come into the realms of the spirit. Certain things you can... I don't, I don't know whether I'll call them soul food, I don't know. But, but please, I hope you understand so that I can continue. Because I don't know how to put that terminology together that it will fit well. The, the body feeds on something, but the soul also feeds on another thing. And you see, most of the time, the soul has to be in a particular place for certain blessings to be released. I'm sure you know that uh, uh, Jacob said to Esau, Jacob and Esau, right? No. Uh, Jacob's two sons. Jacob and Esau. Isaac's two sons. Fine. Isaac's two sons, Jacob and Esau. But he said to Esau, you know what? Uh, somehow, I feel like I want to release a blessing on you. 
Now, what I need to release a blessing is not a dream. Because right now my mind is made up to release that blessing. But actually what I need is that my soul needs to be in that blessing for it to be something that stays. So you know what? I need soul food. I need the thing which when I eat, my soul is satisfied within me. And I know when I'm in that mood and I release the blessing, then the blessing will stay. So the rest is history because when the person who brought the soul food wasn't exactly the person he spoke to and he released the blessing, what happened? He stayed. Because he said, I have blessed him. And I have made him superior to you. And unfortunately, I cannot undo it. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So, you see, when you are leaving a man of God, or somebody that's supposed to be your spiritual father, leave him in peace. Don't leave him angry. Don't leave him frustrated. Don't leave him disappointed. Don't leave him in a state where he feels cheated, he feels used. Nobody feels like he has, been, he has become a, a rug, a, a duster that used to wipe the floor. And then out of him comes a blessing to the person who did it. Even if he doesn't say anything, the anointing hears and the anointing feels. And so because of that, the blessing that must be yours becomes tampered with. Some people don't understand some of these things and they go around and they do many things. But I'm trusting God that in this house you will not do things like that. So servants will push against the enemy. But servants will compromise for personal gain. Sons will push against the enemy. Servants will compromise for personal gain. When, when you are a servant and you are there, listen, those of you who, who marry and I pray for all of you who are here, who have got children. May nobody marry any of your children because they want paper. Because if anybody marries any of your children because of paper, the horror that the Germans go through because some people marry them because of paper, you will see it right at your door. And it's not a pleasant thing. At all, at all, at all. May God shelter us even if we have to marry somebody for them to get our paper, may it be because they love us. So that it is an act of love. Let it not be political like it happens sometimes. So you see, when the person is a servant, he will compromise. And he will compromise for gain. Listen, when you have people in your life, check those people out very well. There are some sons who have sold their fathers. There are some sons who have sold their mothers. I heard of a son who, 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 who went to sell his mama. Actually, he went and cut the head of his mama to go and give to a juju man because they would do something for him to go to Europe. That was not a son. That was somebody that God gave to be raised as a son. And remember, we said, you are supposed to weaponize these children so that they will fight for you. If a son will do that to the mama, it means that the enemy weaponized that son against you. It is the very opposite of what God wanted the whole thing to be. 
So you see, he will act towards you like a servant will because he will compromise with your enemy. If you have people you call your sons and they are always moving around with people who hate you, this your sons, watch them well. Because one day they will sell you. One day if they say, take this small thing and put it into his dream, he will do it. If there's some big money there, there's some fat car for you to ride in. There's some huge amount of money for you. Ah, my papa is already 50. Even if you give him the next 50, he probably will not be there. He will die anyway. So, why don't I take the 750 million euros and just let papa go a little bit early? Just a servant spirit speaking through your son, not a true son. And you need to raise people where it comes to a place where you know they cannot be sold when it comes to relationship between you and, and, and them. They cannot be sold. Because every time you have somebody who says he's in relationship with you, but he's in relationship because of something, this is the person who can be bought. I love you, I love you, I love you because they know that you are in Europe and they want to come to Europe. Then you, you go, you have found a bride and you go and marry them. Work hard, get papers, they are in Deutschland. Trust me. After they have gone through their normal, how do you do it? Uh, is it two years? They give you two years. Often that two years. Often that two years. By the time they are giving you the third two years, which will make six years. By that time, if there is no negative thing, then this person qualifies to be given a permanent stay. As that trouble to come the very day, they go, they get a permanent stay. <laughs> they begin to look at you some way because these are people who have a servant spirit. They have paid their dues. Now they must have their freedom to do what they like. May God deliver us from such people. May you never go into business with somebody who has a hidden agenda who will undermine you in time to come in Jesus' name. Where was I? Okay, good. Now, Sons seek the honor and the glory of their father. Servants seek their own honor. It's very simple. When you find people and every time they are talking, eh? Pastor somewhere is not giving us the chance to preach. We too, we can preach. Yes, you too, you can preach, but we have only one pooping. Do you think it's right that I should sit down for you to be preaching? So look at it that way. But they will be saying all these kinds of things. You know why? Because they are seeking their own glory. And so when you hear people saying things like that, know that this language is coming from a servant. It's not coming from a son. Sons will always seek the glory of their father. In other words, it will be their heart's desire that their father will move higher. Oh, when somebody is in competition with you, he's praying that when you make declarations, it doesn't happen. He's praying that when you pray for people, 
things don't happen the way you have declared. And, and he is also going around trying to steal the hearts of the people. Oh, give somebody a microphone and say, come and testify. When they lift up their voice and they begin to talk, you will know who has influenced them. Because you can go and pray for people. And listen, let me, let, can I be very plain with you? All of you pray for one another. Very good. It helps. But there's a difference between any of you praying for yourselves and me praying for you. And the difference is simply this. The spiritual position I occupy is not the same as you occupy. So because it's not the same, the weight is different. I try to explain to you. In, in Numbers chapter 6, verse number 27, God said, So shall you put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. Numbers 6, 27. But from Numbers 6, 22, God said, Tell the children of Aaron that when they pray for the people of, of, of Israel, they should bless them this way. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord bless you and grant you his peace. And then the verse 27 said, So shall they put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. Listen, the children of Israel are a blessed people. This is what God told uh, Bela. He said, uh -uh, These people, you cannot cast them out because they are already blessed. Don't try it. So if the people are already blessed, why would you still say, I need to have you to put my name upon them so that I will bless them? Well, that's what the word put my name upon them. That word put. I check it out. That word should have been, so shall you invoke my name upon them and I will bless them. And I was checking and then Trying to find the legal meaning of the word invoke. Do you know what it means? It means to set into motion. Set into operation. So you see, you've been blessed, but you don't have access to the blessing. It takes the voice of Aaron to speak into your life and by so doing, causes the name of God to be identified on you because when now the name is upon you and the blessing is coming, it will locate you and then you walk into it. How many of you understand what I'm saying? So it simply means that other believers can pray for you, but when your pastor prays for you, it's different. It's not the same way. You cannot be in a hospital and many people come and visit you and pray for you. Your pastor also comes along. And out of fact, your pastor doesn't always have to come along. If your pastor actually delegates somebody to come and pray for you, it's a sin. Do you understand what I say? I'm saying? Now, if you, now you are aware, you come and sit, stand here. I want to give a testimony. They give you, hey, I want to thank God, and I want to thank uh, Sister Irene, and I want to thank blah, 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 and you thank everybody, and you are silent about your pastor. You are wrong. You are wrong. You know why you are wrong? You know why you are wrong? By not honoring that father, you have discouraged him. And the next time 
the angel of untimely death comes along. He doesn't care. Let all those people pray. They'll pray, but see, you will die. <laughs> so, you see, any spirit that tells you that when you put Pastor somewhere into that equation, his head will become big. That spirit only wants to isolate you so that your defenses will break down. The devil does not attack when he knows the, 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 the defenses are secure. He will attack only when he knows he has weakened the defenses enough and he can succeed. That's when he attacks. Am I talking to somebody? I want you to understand that, please. Sometimes some of these things happen. Sometimes we hear some of these things. But you know, I kind of close my eyes to it because I know if you don't take time to teach the people so that they understand what a son can do, what a father can do, what a pastor can do, what an ordinary church member can do, they will always fail in some things. You know what? Any child of Israel, you can tell him to say, okay, pray over me. Say the, the, the what do you call it? Uh, uh, the Lord bless you and keep you and continue and continue. God didn't say any child of Israel. He said, tell Aaron and his sons. So, so this is about a governmental issue. This is about a spiritual structure through which the Lord operates. And when you understand, it works for you. If you don't understand or people confuse you or people try to corrupt your understanding with so many things, they create weakness in the body. And I'm trying to tell you that the body is not supposed to be weak. The only time we may be weak is if people are saying, we don't like your message, shut up. And we say we will not shut up. And then they are trying to work against us. That is the only time. But people cannot pass through the realms of the spirit and make us weak. Nobody should be able to go to an Agbalaga and make you weak. Nobody should be able to go to a Mala, sacrifice anything and make you weak. Are you here with me? Finally, sounds. Okay, what sons don't do? A son cannot give you the coat of many colors. It is the father's prerogative. In other words, if you really want somebody to speak into your life, to elevate you to the next level, it's not just going to take somebody who, excuse me, excuse me, is also um, 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 a, a, just a normal brother or sister like you. Let me come from another angle. If you look at your pastor and you think that he's just another man like you. So you say, ah, as for you, you are my brother. You are my brother. Okay, he's your brother. But guess what? The blessing, the coat of many colors, doesn't come from brothers. So by that perception, you have limited his ability to lift you to the next level. Oh, I have heard people say that. And guess what? This man here, I like to be very free with people. Some of you who have children, you know already that I try to be as free with your kids as possible. The fact that I'm free with your kids does not mean that you should get to the place where you have become so used to the anointing that it begins to become a common thing for you. What am I saying? You may insult me and I don't bother. But the anointing that is on my life will hear and you will go out there and begin to struggle. And you don't know why you are struggling and things are not working. It's because 
when you deal with the man of God, you are not just dealing with the man. You are dealing with the God in the man. And these are things that when we don't talk about it, the enemy can use it to take God's people for a ride. Number two, sons don't provide covering. Covering is a father's assignment. What do we mean by sons don't provide covering? Covering is a father's assignment. How many of you know that Lot was a nephew to Abraham? Lot was Abraham's brother's son. But the father had died. So when Lot was following Abraham to the promised land, he was following him like a son who follow a father. Are you okay with me? Now, when they came to the promised land, the blessing that came upon Abraham also affected all those who were with him. Meaning that any blessing that is on this house, as long as we are in the house, we will enjoy the blessing. But the time came when, uh, I guess it was the headman who started it. And trust me, people can create a whole lot of things. If your heart is not ready, already settled, some people can be able to talk, 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 talk before you know it. Then you are thinking that this is your wife, she's some way. Some people can talk, 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 talk. And when they talk, because you won't believe it at first. But after some time, you begin to think that this my husband is some way. Really, this my husband, if I'm not careful, this thing that people are saying. And so, then you begin, you know. That is how the heart, you know, you cannot steal a person's heart one day. The heart is stolen slowly. And a series of events plays into the stealing of the heart. Until you get to the place where trust is broken. Confidence is no more there. And that's why loyalty it has gone out of the window. It is at that point that the enemy will not strike. And when he strikes, that marriage will not be anymore. Why? Because the foundation has been undermined. So, the point I am making with, with this is simply this. You and I should understand that when where was I? Sons don't provide a covering. It's a father's assignment. When we are dealing with one another, we must understand that if somebody is your pastor, he plays a particular role. And if you are in this church, I've always said that if you can't trust your pastor, leave the church. How many of you have ever heard me say that one? Do I want this church to be empty? No, I don't. But it's better that you have four people in this church who trust you than you have this whole place full and the people don't trust you. Because that spirit of mistrust will block the anointing and people will come in here who need help from God. They will not get that help because some people are poisoning the environment. So it's always good that if you're in a church, you cannot trust your pastor. Leave the church. And when you are leaving, leave quietly. Don't go and create trouble. <laughs> if you are leaving a church, one of the ways I want to tell you, if you are somebody who understands spiritual things, is you give information ahead of time. Pastor, I want to leave. I actually, my heart is no more here. I feel I should be somewhere else. 
And any man that is a correct man of God will not threaten you. He will release you so that you can go. If, for example, you want to leave me and you want to go to people who you know they hate me and you know they are working against me, perhaps it will be better that when you are leaving, you live quietly on and now. <laughs> and I'm saying that too for a reason. I'm saying that one too for a reason. Because if you come to tell me you want to leave me, and then you are going to people that I know, they were insulting me outside. I will have some questions to ask you. I may not stop you from leaving, but I will have some questions to ask you. Because one of the things I will ask you is, oh, so all this time you have been in this house, I have done you nothing but evil. So that when people want to pull me down, now you are going to join them to strengthen their hands. Yes. Because you see, the thing you don't confront, you will never overcome. And sometimes if we just leave people to be doing anything they like, anything they like, anything they like, it weakens the church. We have to get to the place where if a person is A, he should say A. If a person is saying B, he should say B. Nobody should tell you, oh, I'm going to a place, you know, or I've got a new work and, you know, I cannot come to church regularly. When he's telling your own church members that I am leaving. But he comes to you and tells you, now I won't be coming to church regularly because I've got a, a, a business that I go to. I go to work on Sundays, etc. When you don't see me, don't call me. I'm okay. <laughs> Some people may just have gone away like that and I let them go. You come and tell me that one. We will talk before you go. <laughs> the thing is not good, let's not be political about it. Let's call a spade a spade. So, 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 um, where was I? Okay, sons don't provide covering, but fathers do. What do we mean by covering? What we simply mean is sometimes there are certain spiritual things which don't happen accidentally. Oh, sorry. Let me try to explain. In the realms of the spirit, nothing happens accidentally. If you got up, you were driving, you just had an accident. And you think that because it's an accident in the physical, it's also an accident in the spiritual. It's a lie. In the spirit, it was orchestrated so that it will bring frustration, disappointment, setback. A financial drain to your life. That's what an accident is. In the realms of the spirit, there's no such thing as an accident. Things happen and there is a cause. Are you listening to me? Good. So you see, sometimes, when certain things are trying to, or they are bidding for your life. I'll give you a clear example. Jesus was praying for his disciples. And then he heard a voice saying, all I want is Peter. Give me Peter. I will shift him. Give me Peter. I will shift him. 
So, you know what? Jesus said he prayed because the shifting will mean that he will lose his place in the kingdom. He will die and go to hell. Why? Because this thing is coming after his faith. So Jesus said, I prayed that his faith will stand. Now, let me, under, let me make you understand that if the thing really wants to send this man to hell, then Jesus will have to face this thing. You see, sometimes when you are a pastor, you face some things. It's not just a matter of standing before people and declaring things. So if something is looking for somebody who is my flock member and I say, hey, me, I'm not burying anybody. I'm not ready to bury anybody. That thing will come after me. Trying to disturb my life. But the good thing about it is if I have a legal right to say no, I won't allow it, then God will be on my side, not on the side of the thing. Are you understanding me? If I'm just functioning in my job as a pastor, and I say, mm -mm, me and my church members, nobody is dying before their time. It shall not be so. No matter what it is, it needs to be reversed. God will listen to my voice and do it. So you see, fathers come Provide or, or the pastor, your pastor will provide a covering for you in this sense. But other church members cannot provide that kind of covering. So when you deal with your pastor as if he's just an ordinary brother or sister in Christ, your life cannot move forward through him. You shut down the prophetic side of his ministry and he cannot speak into your life to elevate you. You know, uh, Eli said to Hannah, Go in peace. And may the God of Israel, to whom you have prayed, may he answer your prayer. Do you know what happened when this man spoke? The woman was a disturbed woman. So, so worry, worry. That day, the worry, worry spirit left her. When she was going, she went in peace. She was somehow having a deep assurance that today is the end of her trouble. Somehow, this woman, although she hasn't seen a child, she could believe that if Penana laughs at me, I will also laugh double-double. Because you know what? I know my own is coming. It happened because this was a man God said, when you put my name upon them, I will bless them. And he spoke. Please understand that in the kingdom of God, there is no chaos. There is no disorder. God puts people in place because he wants to do things in a systematic, orderly way. Other people may bless you, but they cannot provide a covering for you. It's your pastor who can. When you get to the place where you are too big that your pastor cannot advise you, the covering also goes out of the window. So if you get to the place where you feel that you are better than your pastor, go to another church, go and look for another pastor. And when you are looking for somebody else to pastor you, don't go to a man who is weaker than your pastor. Somebody whose anointing is less than your pastor because that man has been keeping certain demons at bay. If you go to somebody who is inferior to him, then there is going to be certain attacks that will pass through and your life will not be well. Am I talking to people who, who, who understand spiritual things? This house must move on. We must get to the place where we are becoming effective. My time is up, right? Hmm, okay. They say my time is up. Let me just deal with one or two things. And then I will stop. Sons don't bless. Fathers do. 
In other words, the kind of blessing that will endure is a father. Everybody can say, God bless you, God bless you. It's not the same when Pastor Samuel says, God bless you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Good. Then, if you want the blessing, stay with the father. Don't follow a son. I think I'll be closing on that. If you want the blessing, stay with the father. Don't follow a son. Where there is an issue, and then everybody is thinking, oh, okay, the majority is in that issue. And so you just rise up and follow them. You are in trouble. You know, David was an anointed man who never rose up against his spiritual father. What do I mean by his spiritual father? Saul was sitting on the throne. And so Saul was where he has not been. When he got anointed, he recognized that this man is the one who will teach me what it means to live in a palace. What it means to hold myself as a king and act as a king. So in a certain sense, he was a mentor and a father to him. Every time he got an opportunity, he had the legal right to say, do them before they do you. This man wants to kill me. Now that I get a chance, let me finish him now. Then there will be nobody going after me. Did he kill him? No. He said, if I lay hands upon him, the anointing of God is still upon him. I will not do it. So he left him alone. When he came to his own son, he was not wise. He never learned one little thing from his father. He thought his father was stupid to believe his enemy alive when he got the chance to kill him many times. So, when he got the opportunity, he thought that when you are able to get a whole multitude following you, then you have it. Listen, you do that only in the world. The one that gets the majority of the votes wins. But let everybody join another person. And when God is not with them, and you are with God, they can never win against you. That is a mistake this man made. So you see, Absalom accidentally or mistakenly or ignorantly unreasonably rose up against an anointed man. And the anointing in that man spoke against him. Do you know that David did not want him dead? But the anointing wanted him dead. Because he has crossed the line. So although David was a king and he spoke with the voice of a king, somebody could have inspiration to defy the voice of David because this is a doomed man. He died. Although the king wants him to live, he still died. Don't join people when they are rising up against leaders and rebelling. Don't join people when, when, when they, they are talking bad. Listen, if you are a son of this house, and you hear people who are talking bad about Pastor Samuel. The first thing you should do is confront them. Then secondly, come and tell me. If you tell me, I will not curse them. Because they are already cursed. If you come and tell me, I will pray for them. But my prayer will only be effective 
it will only be invoked and deployed when they repent. Then, what I have prayed, though it is hanging over them, will take effect. But if somebody is doing some of those things, go after them, let me know. For people who are not repentant and creating division in the house of God, we need, the Bible says, well, mark those who are uh, uh, causing division among you and avoid them. For lack of a better example, let me use my dear wife. You know, this is what this woman has been saying and causing division. So, all of you in this church, I want you to know that this woman wants to divide the church. When you join her, or when you are associating with her, understand that she has to carry a spirit of division. So, be careful how you associate with her. This is how you mark a person. Because a person is not like a car that you ride on. You use words to mark a person out. So that everybody will know that this person is not interested in the future of this house. And you know it's not true. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think that we'll stop here. I cannot promise you that uh, next week I'll continue on the same topic. I may or I may not. Because next week we have a baby dedication. And how God leads me, that's how I'm going to pray. I think immediately after that, we're having the grace and glory. So, so we may continue next week or we may not. But if we don't, then after grace and glory, we'll come back to the same topic. Shall we be on our feet? Thank you for taking our time to tune in. For more information on our services, visit our website www.wimachapu.org You can also join us for our weekly conference calls on Thursdays. More details on our website. Also make sure to check our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube platforms.